I'm really encouraged this morning, really, really encouraged. And I hope that I can pass that encouragement on to you. The reason why I'm encouraged is because, um, in a sense, my, my sermon has already been preached. Because I'm going to talk about prayer and I'm going to talk about going deeper. And I'm going to talk, in fact, the title of my preach is Come to Jesus. So I almost feel that I should just go back and sit down and carry on worship. It would be helpful if I didn't have my Bible upside down. But that's prophetic because a lot of what Jesus did was upside down to the world. So I'm, I'm going to share some stuff from Luke chapter 6. And uh, when I last uh, preached, I actually um, spoke about Jesus coming home, Jesus coming to us. I, I spoke about Lazarus, the guy who climbed up the tree. And, uh, but the emphasis this morning, as has already been said, is about us coming to Jesus. Because uh, it's about coming into his presence and there are lots of scriptures about coming into Jesus' presence where there's fullness of joy and, and he that is in us is greater than he who is in the world and not by power. All, we, we've heard all these scriptures and they're very important. But when we as individuals take that time to come to Jesus, the church as a whole becomes more powerful because whatever we do in the secret place manifests itself corporately. And when it manifests itself corporately, it changes the world. Do you believe your world changes? Really? Seriously. We are world changers in this place. And I'm speaking to the children as well. You're a world challenger. Did you know that? Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to start off in, um, let's see, I'm not reading, I'm, I'm actually reading quite a big chunk this morning, but I'm, uh, I'm going to start off uh, in... Um, Let's see. Chapter 12. Um, I'm going to start in chapter 12, just to put a bit of context to it. Jesus was, he, he was doing stuff which was against the law, as it were. The law of the Sabbath. Okay? He, he was eating. That's in the previous verses. And he healed a man. And as a result of that, and as a result of many things that Jesus did, they wanted to and did kill him. They wanted to kill him for doing something that was good and something that was right to help someone. Now, I don't know what the timescale was because quite often when we read different parts of Scripture, we don't know exactly how things framed out in time. But it says, after that episode that Jesus went to the Father and prayed all night. And, and it's a good place to start. In this context, 
you could say that his life was threatened. I mean, his life was always under threat because he annoyed people. So, guys, sometimes we're going to annoy people in love. It may lead to threats, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Go to the Father, particularly if we know what's coming our way. And sometimes God will warn us beforehand. Sometimes it will be quite obvious by people's reaction. But Jesus went to the Lord in prayer, uh, to his Father, to our Father, and he prayed all night. And, and before I read it, I want to say this. The, the, whatever I say today, the encouragement, and which is where we're going as a church, and which is what um, we kicked off this year with, is that we want to keep going deeper with Jesus. Why? Well, we haven't gone deep enough, for one. But there's so much that God has for us. There's so much, and we need to just keep going deeper and taking what is ours, what is our inheritance, what God wants us to have, what he wants to do in us, through us, with us, how he wants to bless people, how he wants to change the world, how he wants to change us. It's all part of the package. And the encouragement that I want to give you this morning is this. Make the choice and do it bit by bit. Jesus prayed all night, so that's quite, you know, that's quite dramatic. But listen, if God calls you to pray all night, do it. Okay? If God calls you to pray for three hours, do it. However, if it's just a little lay-by of two minutes, five minutes, do it. Because, in essence, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, or three hours all night, it's about spending time with Jesus. And one testimony I heard was about um, a group of guys, and I know that Tim and Dorothy visited this place a few years ago. They were, um, they were just worshipping the Lord early in the morning, and it seemed like a few minutes, and the place was dark, completely dark, and they, just, they thought that there was a power failure or something like that. But what had happened was that, actually, they'd started round about eight. I think it was before breakfast. And when they eventually checked the time, it was actually gone midnight. They did not know that they were in the presence of the Lord for 16 hours, whatever it was. The time went just like that. And what I'm saying to you is that there is... Forget about time pressure. Just think about spending time with Jesus. Okay? For some of us, just taking those little steps, it may mean that they become bigger steps and we'll spend more time with him. But it's more because God is there and he wants to meet us. And he wants to show us things and he wants to share in every aspect of our lives. Okay? Just just by way of introduction. So verse 12 of chapter 6 of Luke. In those days... It occurred that he went up to a mountain to pray and spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he summoned his disciples and selected from the twelve who he named apostles, special messengers. They were Simon, 
who he named Peter and his brother Andrew, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus. Then there was Simon, who was called a zealot, and Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And Jesus came down with them and took his stand on a level spot, and a great crowd of his disciples and a vast throng of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to listen to him and to be cured of their diseases, even those who were disturbed and troubled by unclean spirits, and they were being healed also. And all the multitude were seeking to touch him, for healing power was all the while going forth from him and curing them all, saving them from severe illnesses and calamities. And solemnly lifting up his eyes on his disciples, he said, Blessed, happy with life, joy, satisfaction in God's favor and salvation are you who are poor and lowly and afflicted, destitute of wealth, influence, position, honor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who hunger and seek with desire, for you shall be filled and completely satisfied with life, joy, satisfaction in God's favor and salvation. Blessed are you when people despise, hate you, and when they exclude and excommunicate you, and revile you, and denounce you, and defame you, and cast out and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and be glad at such a time, and exult and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is rich and great and strong. Amen. <laughs> and intense and abundant in heaven. For even so, their forefathers treated the prophets. But woe for you who are rich, for you already are receiving your consolation and cheer that come from prosperity and have taken and enjoyed your comfort in full, having nothing left to be awarded to you. Woe to you who are full now, luxuriously gorged and satiated, for you shall hunger and suffer want. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks fairly and handsomely of you and praises you, for even so their forefathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who are listening now to me, do good, act nobly, toward those who detest you and pursue you with hatred. Practice love to your enemies. Invoke blessings upon and pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Implore God's blessing upon those who abuse you, revile, reproach, disparage, and high-handedly misuse you. To the one who strikes you on the jaw or cheek, offer the other jaw or cheek also. From him who takes away your outer garment, do not withhold your undergarment as well. Give away to everyone who begs of you, and of him who takes away from you your goods. Do not demand or require them back. And as you would like and desire that men would do to you, do exactly to them. If you merely love those who love you, what quality of credit and thanks is that to you? For even the very sinners love their lovers, those who love them. And if you are kind and good and do favours to and benefit those who are kind and good 
and do favours to and benefit you, what quality of credit and thanks is that to you? For even the preeminently sinful do the same. But if you lend money at interest to those whom you hope to receive, what quality of credit and thanks is that to you? Even notorious sinners lend money at interest to sinners so as to recover as much again. But love your enemies and be kind and do good. And lend, expecting and hoping for nothing in return, but considering nothing as lost and despairing of no one, then your recompense, your reward, will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind and good to the ungrateful. So be merciful, sympathetic, tender, responsive and compassionate, even as your Father is. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And you will be acquitted and released. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. They will pour into your pouch, into your lap, into your bosom. For is the measure you deal out is the measure that you will receive. And he further told him a proverb, Can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? Will they both not stumble into a ditch or in a hole? A pupil is not superior to his teacher, but everyone, when he is completely trained, restored, set to rights, perfected, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice or consider the beam that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, allow me to take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the beam that is in your eye. You actor, pretender or hypocrite, first take the beam out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. For there is no good healthy tree that bears decayed, worthless, stale fruit, Nor, on the other hand, does a decayed, worthless, sickly tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known and identified by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn brushes, bushes even, nor is a cluster of grapes picked from a bramble bush, but the upright, honourable, intrinsically good man out of the good treasures stored in his heart produces what is upright, honourable and intrinsically good. And the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, and evil. For out of the abundance, overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not practice what I tell you? For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words, in order to heed the teaching and does them, I will show you what he is like, or she, for that matter. He is like a man, or she is like a woman, building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood rose, the torrent broke against the house and could not shake or move it because it had been securely built or founded on the rock. But he who merely hears and does not practice doing the words is like a man who built a house on the ground with a foundation against which the torrent burst and immediately it collapsed and fell. And the breaking and the ruin of that house was great. Here endeth the reading. Well, actually, it didn't end. 
because every single... I've, all of you here today have heard some wonderful preachers, but that is the best sermon, in my opinion, that was ever written because every other preach, to a degree, has been built on this sermon. And where did that sermon come from? It came from the heart of God. Everything that I read this morning, the healings and everything, it came out of the presence of God. And that's why we need to go into the presence of God and draw those things out. And I'm just going to go over this again. Not everything. Just pick a few things out for us to just emphasize on. And then we'll, we'll, I think it's important that we spend a little bit more time in worship um, and making that choice to go deeper. So, let's go back. Let's look at chapters, uh, verses 13 to 16. So, Jesus has just spent a whole night in prayer. And it says in verse 13, When it was day, he summoned his disciples and selected from them twelve, whom he named apostles. And then he names them, Simon, Peter, etc., Matthew, Thomas. And it finishes off with Judas, the traitor. Point number one. God is interested in every decision that you will take. Every decision that you make in life, every choice that we make. So we need to involve him. Because you always know, how do you know what effect your choices have made? Whether it's your life or someone else's. Well, this, what I've just read, is a perfect example. Who would have known that those 12, and I deliberately say 12, because even though Judas betrayed him and all the rest, he actually played a role. Who would have known, the people who were around with Jesus during that time, who would have known that when he chose those 12 people, the impact that it would have on the world and how it's affecting us today. Those 12 guys. Lack of education, untrained, they were described as untrained and unskilled. Well, Jesus was in the presence of God and he chose them because he saw ahead of time. A number of times during the Gospels, he, made, he may have picked one or two of them out, like Peter, and said, you are the rock on which I will build a church, even though he knew he was going to deny him. So imagine this, right? He picks a bunch of guys. He knows that he's going to be denied, left on his own. His friends, they were his closest friends for three years-ish, but they abandoned him. Imagine that. How would we feel? But he saw the bigger picture. He saw the rock, Peter. He saw what all the other guys, he prophesied, he spoke into their lives. No one saw it, but he did. Every decision that we make, make sure that God is involved, because we don't know. Sometimes we don't fully know what impact it's going to have on those who are close to us or even further afield. We just don't know. Be encouraged by that. 
any little thing that God tells you to do, any decision that God asks you to make, just do it and trust him. Because there is, God has a purpose behind it, just like he had with these guys, these ordinary guys who stunk because they fished. But let me tell you, they left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths as you read through the book of Acts and further afield. They caused trouble, but they learned themselves how to be rooted in Christ. So be encouraged. Take everything. Don't leave God out of anything. Bring everything to Jesus. And as Graham said earlier on, if you're someone who, this morning and you're, you, know, you, you don't really know Jesus, we want to encourage you as a church. He's the best friend, person you can ever have in your life. I want to encourage you with that. So whatever it is, decisions particularly, and I'm sticking with decisions, but guidance, leading, anything, just don't leave the Lord out of it. We're we're all prone to to doing it. And Richard gave a, a real encouraging word this morning. We're all prone to doing it, but Go back to that secret place. Go back to the presence of God where he can have a say on what's important to us. Verses 17 to 19. And Jesus came down with them and took his stand on a level spot with a great crowd of his disciples and a vast throng of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to listen to him and to be cured of their diseases. Even those who were disturbed and troubled with unclean spirits, they were being healed also. And all the multitude were seeking to touch him, for healing power was all the while going forth from him and curing them all and saving them from severe illnesses and calamities. We need power. More power. How many, I know there are people here, but I just want to see by indication, how many of you have been in the presence of God and really experienced, I'm, I'm talking real power, real, real power, real earth-shaking power. Just put your hands up. See, we've all experienced it. Do you want more? Yeah. Good. You're in a good place. Because we need to go, keep going deeper, deeper and deeper and deeper. This thing about Jesus, power coming out from him, what the, uh, the, the sort of commentaries say about it in Greek is that it was being shed abroad, just like the love of Jesus shed abroad in our house, in, in our hearts. His power was being shed abroad. It was being released. It was being thrown out. If there's one place that needs the power of God, it's Woolwich. And it's wonderful what churches are doing in Woolwich, and we're part of that. But we need more breakthrough, and we need to keep going back to that secret place and getting hold of more of that power. Because it's not just about the healing, what was mentioned here. He also mentioned the demonic as well. And, you know, I'm sure... We all experience this to a greater or lesser degree. 
But when you're out and about there, you can feel demonic stuff going on. Sometimes without even hearing anything, you just feel that presence because you know there's evil around you. But when you've been in the presence of God and when you feel that power, which is rooted in his love, coursing through, I mean, one of the most powerful meetings that I've been in was um, I was at a conference some years ago and there was a, a, a guy called John Wimber. Heard of John Wimber? He's, he's with the Lord now. And this guy was preaching, just preaching whatever God gave him to share. And demons were being cast out of people just by the sheer presence of God. And you could feel the weight of the glory of God in the worship and everything. And I totally believe that God wants that for us. Not just in our meetings, but it could be one of us, it could be two of us just out and about, and you need intervention by God. And it could be, you know, someone gets out of a wheelchair, someone may die in front of you, and God uses you to raise them from the dead. We, we need to th- think in that way, because that's the way Jesus operated. And that's what he wants for us. Don't limit yourself in terms of your faith, what God can do in you or through you. Believe what God wants to do and understand what he wants to do. I said earlier that we are are called to be and we are world changers. Those are the things that he wants to do through us. There is we sing about it, don't we? There is power in the name of Jesus. At his name, I'm not going to sing it. At his name, demons are freed. At his name, captives are healed. Hallelujah. You can sing if you want, bro. <laughs> but you, you see my point. But it's from, that, it's from that secret place. It's from that deep place. Let's go deeper with Jesus. Let's grab some of that power that Woolwich needs. Or even our homes, we need it in our homes, in our streets. The power of Jesus to break demonic powers, to change situations in families. Sometimes, you know, we just, we just need to get on our knees. And, and I've, you know, we've all seen breakthroughs. I've heard so many testimonies here. But let's not settle for where we're at now. Let's just keep going deeper because God wants more. I believe he wants more. He wants to do a lot more in us and through us. God wants to work in and through us, not just through words. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4? The kingdom of God is not about words only, but power. But also, the words that we share out of that place, out of that secret place, out of the heart of God, which is limitless. His resources never run dry, and we can just keep grabbing more. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, just sharing the gospel, the power of the gospel. Lifting up his eyes, this is verse 20. Blessed are you. These are the Beatitudes they're known as. I won't go through, go, go through all of them. But he preached, he shared 
again, these things that are on his heart. But what I want to emphasize with this, obviously, the wisdom, the knowledge, the, the power that comes through sermons. Woolwich, let's stick with Woolwich. Woolwich needs to hear not just the voice of God, but the prophetic needs to be released. Just as Jesus spoke and things came into being, or God spoke and things came into being, he's given us that authority. I remember um, uh, a guy who used to um, be part of this church, um, and he, God laid it on his heart to, to pray about a shop that had opened up near to where he worked, and it was, it was demonic. The stuff I won't go into details what, what they were doing, but it was it was demonic. And they felt from God that they should um, that, that that they should close it down. So they, they went and stood outside the shop and they uh, declared first of all the kingdom of heaven, because the kingdom of heaven is the best thing that can ever happen to the earth, you know. The love, the fullness of joy, healing, everything else. And within days, the shop closed down. That is the type of authority that we have in Jesus. To declare his word, to declare his righteousness, to declare his truth, and to release his kingdom, his will. He's given us power to bind and loose, hasn't he? Yeah? So let's use it. Not flippantly, you know. Get it from the secret place. Because, you know, you can act uh, in the wrong way with wrong motives and get yourself in trouble. But those are the challenges we face. We have the authority. If we see things, if, if God lays something on his heart that's troubling him, we're the ones who he's going to use to speak out. We're the ones he's going to use to release that prophetic voice or declare or denounce or announce declaring that the kingdom of God is here. So he preached the gospel, but he also practiced what he preached, didn't he? He said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Someone offers you one cheek and strikes you on it. Or if you offer him your cheek and, stri- and he strikes you, offer him the other one. This sort of stuff to those guys, and bearing in mind, they were all used to the law. If someone harms you, you're allowed to harm them back. You read it in the book of the law. Eye for eye tooth for tooth, arm for arm, foot for foot, car for car, phone for phone, tablet for tablet. That's how people still think today. I've, I've heard people, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I don't go to church or anything, but I believe an eye for eye and a tooth for a tooth. And then you can step in and say, well, Jesus actually told you to turn the other cheek. And then they will say to you, that's nonsense. If someone harms me, I want justice. But here's the thing. It is nonsense to a lot of people. 
this gospel, what Jesus preaches. It is nonsense. And sometimes when he speaks to us, it is going to sound like nonsense. Completely and utterly. So sometimes it may be good to wait up with a brother or sister if you're struggling in the secret place. But most importantly, we have to be so open to what God has got to say because our minds, right, they're kind of limited. We still think in worldly ways. How many times did Jesus say to his disciples, you don't think as God thinks? And we know that his ways are higher than our ways. And so when we are in that secret place and God says something that maybe sounds like nonsense, don't despair. It could be something that is going to shake the area that you're in. It's going to change the situation that you're in. Or it's just going to bring in God's kingdom. Okay? Let's get some words living words from the Lord and release them. And that includes release, encouraging each other as well as what we do out there as well. And it's so important, again, to go deeper and receive the word of the Lord. Keep going deeper, brothers and sisters. It's all good. And... So it's good to have the power and the word of the Lord. That's all good and right and every aspect of our lives and our decision making and everything. But what I feel is more important is the final verses. We need to be in that deep place with God simply so that we can stand. Because there's loads of stuff. What, in Psalm 2, I think it says, why do the nations rage in vain? Mm-hmm. There's stuff going on around us all the time. And they knock us, and they discourage us. Sometimes it's just a demonic attack. Sometimes it's our flesh rearing up. Sometimes we're just pained by what we see in the world. But we need to be able to stand Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armour of God to stand. But Jesus said this in verse 47. For everyone who comes to me, emphasis on comes to me, okay? Everyone who comes to me and listens to my word in order to heed their teaching and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug and went deep. We've got to keep digging. And when we feel that we found treasure, guess what? Dig a bit more. And when we found more treasure, dig a bit more. And when we found treasure dig a bit more. And when we get power, dig more. And when we get more words, keep digging. Because there is more. There is more. So much more. But also, 
is so that we can stand. He went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. We all know who the rock is, don't we? Amen. We're encouraged in, uh, in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 10, where it speaks about when they're in the desert and they've got water out of the rock, the rock was Jesus. It's, it's, we're just going deeper into Jesus. Romans 13, put on the Lord Jesus and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's all the same thing. It's all about being rooted in Jesus. And we are going to get knocked. We do, don't we? But let's dig deeper so that we can stand. I will show you what he or she is like. He's like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid the foundation upon the rock. And when the flood arose, the torrent broke against that house, could not shake or move it because it had been securely built or founded on the rock. Torrents quite often are words that are thrown against you. But when you're rooted in Christ, those words bounce off you because you hear the shepherd, you hear the voice of the shepherd above every other word. That's why we need to go deeper so that we can hear the words of truth, the words of life and be rooted and be firm in who we are so that we can stand. So let's get deeper in every aspect. There's loads of things that could be covered but just for this morning, our decisions, our lifestyle, whatever choices we need to make, let's go deeper. Let's get more power from God and believe that God will use us. Stop thinking about the other person. I need to get so-and-so to come and pray. What about you? You are in Christ. You are in Christ. Get power from God. Get a word from God and get rooted in Christ so that we can stand. I'm going to finish with a testimony I read a few days ago we're in a war you know it's just to remind you and we're reasonably comfortable here but we're not out of danger let's be realistic okay but some of our brothers and sisters it's a daily thing their lives are threatened any minute someone could burn their house down take their lives this testimony I read was about a woman who was uh, a leader of an underground church in Eritrea in Africa and she did a wonderful work but they arrested her and they put her in prison and they told her to renounce her faith and she refused and they came back time and time again so they tortured her now, if it's a woman, torturing will involve rape. Let's be real here. It didn't give details, but they tortured her for about three years. Regular thing. 
a daily thing. Eventually, they gave up because they couldn't shake her because of her firm foundation. When she came out of prison, she went back to be with the fellowship of the saints. They were praying for her, of course. And she said, the time I spent in prison, despite what happened to her, was a honeymoon with Jesus. How many of us would have said the same thing? I believe if our roots are deep enough, we could and would say the same thing because we're just in Jesus and he's bigger than any situation or circumstance. That was, that's amazing. She didn't mention anything about what she went through, the tortures or anything. All she said was she was, she had a honeymoon with Jesus. What a testimony. I want to be able to say that. Let's go deeper with Jesus. There's more, a lot more, a lot more. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.